You're going to love this. Just love it. And yes, as you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for president. You know, a broken clock is right once a day. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm oh, yes, stuck in the middle with you here on the broadcast. As heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Oregon Central Coast, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org, on the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, on iTunes, on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, RadioOrNot.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, and Radio Sputnik, five days a week usually hosted by Brad Friedman of bradblog.com, but today, you've got me again. I'm Nicole Sandler of radioornot.com, and we are embarking on Labor Day weekend. You know, I was going to start with a rundown of the day's news developments, but I think everyone got out of Dodge. I was hoping for a Friday night news dump from the president, you know, finally saying hell no to the Keystone XL pipeline. But at the time I'm recording this program, no such luck. The good news is Kim Davis is still in jail. Looks like she'll be there all Labor Day weekend long. And the gays are getting married in Kentucky. So it could be worse, right? We've got a busy show for you today um, as we embark on Labor Day weekend. We'll talk politics with Howie Klein and media with Drift Glass. We'll take a quick break, come back next with some advice in case you want to get behind real progressive candidates in the 2016 election cycle. Okay? All right. Stick around. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com. In for Brad Friedman on the Bradcast. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Have you noticed there aren't a lot of great songs about elections? Mm, oh, well. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com, in for Brad Friedman on the broadcast today. 
And we are talking elections. In fact, we are embroiled in the 2016 presidential race, even though it's still 14 months away. Here's the problem, though. With the Democratic Party injecting itself into the primary process, how do we make it fair? Maybe you don't go through the party at all. All right, it is that time of the week again. Uh, My uh, pleasure to welcome Howie Klein back to the show. Now, you know Howie from his blogging at downwithtyranny.com. He's on Twitter at downwithtyranny. And he's also, along with Digby, and uh, John Amato of Crooks and Liars, uh, the, the the force behind the Blue America Pack, and uh, Howie Klein. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Nicole? I'm I'm uh, hanging in there, uh, but boy, it seems like every day, Howie, there's another story that just uh, is so crazy, and it doesn't matter which side of the political aisle it's on, because there are the crazy stories coming out of both sides. We we already know on the right because that's what uh, the, the you know the corporate media covers uh, Donald Trump and the the rest of the crazies on a you know hourly basis but on the on the left on the democratic side we've got our, our problems too and um, it, it's all the more reason why we need the blue America pack um, before we get into some of the specifics and I there are a couple of questions I have about uh, some of the shenanigans that have been going on in the last couple of weeks. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm guest hosting the broadcast today, I wanted you to introduce the Blue America Pack to listeners of the broadcast who might think that, you know, their best bet if they want to support uh, progressive Democratic candidates in general uh, might be to contribute <clears throat> to the DNC, DCCC, or DSCC. Howie Klein, why is that a bad idea? Well, the, let's, let's talk about Congress, the House of Representatives okay. first, which okay. is the, the ballywick of the DCCC. So the, D, so the DCCC um, is only interested in one thing, and this is not just my opinion, they'll say this themselves, and that is electing someone with a D next to their name, so a Democrat. It doesn't, like, doesn't matter what kind of a Democrat. In fact, I was just writing a story uh, just now when the phone rang um, about... The, uh, the Republican move to, to establish the Benghazi Committee. So the Benghazi Committee w- was clearly a witch hunt. Every de- Democrat worth their salt voted no. Every Republican voted yes. Except there were seven Democrats uh, last May who voted for the Benghazi Committee. And, and these, these were all extremely conservative, very, very reactionary Democrats, the worst of the bunch. And, this, and this, this, these people get not the same treatment that other Democrats get. They get special treatment from the DCCC. The DCCC funds their, their campaigns and gives them, you know, these, these aren't people who can, who can go to the Democratic grassroots and raise money. The Democratic grassroots aren't going to vote for these kind of people. These are the people who vote with Republicans all the time, and the Democratic grassroots don't like them. Now, what, and one of them was... I, I don't know if he's your congressman, but he's in your area, Patrick Murphy. No, so Patrick and, Murphy right. Well, and Patrick Murphy was the one who came in, changed his party affiliation from Republican to Democrat to challenge Alan West. Alan West had been my congressman. Then uh, Alan West decided 
he'll move a you know a few districts further north where it's more conservative territory um and uh he could probably win easier patrick murphy followed him up there so they're in like the vero beach area a little further north up the uh, east coast of florida more conservative than south florida but again this is a democratic seat he's running for and as you're about to tell us patrick murphy is it, it has not been a democrat right he is one of the worst voting records in congress uh, just a, a absolutely atrocious voting record. He, he votes basically for uh, the the Boehner agenda, and he's and and because of guys like Patrick Murphy and guys like Patrick Murphy, um, Boehner can say that his uh, the, the 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 bills that pass through the House are bipartisan. This is a bipartisan bill, which means 225 Republicans and Patrick Murphy voted for it. Uh, or, or Kirsten Cinema, another one just like Patrick Murphy, or Sean Patrick Maloney from New York, another one like that, uh, Colin Peterson. The, the, these are the worst of the worst. And the DCCC goes out of their way to support them in a gigantic way. So, for example, when Patrick Murphy was up for re-election last time, he had a really weak Republican opponent, this guy named Carl Domino, who couldn't uh, raise much money. Domino spent a million dollars. Patrick Murphy spent close to $5 million dollars. Uh, Patrick Murphy has a rich Republican father who puts lots of money into it. His crooked friends, he's a developer. He's like, the, the, he's like a Trump kind of character in uh-huh. Florida. And his crooked friends put lots of money into, into it as well. And he didn't need any money. There are lots of progressives who did need money. And the DCCC didn't give them anything, but they gave Patrick Murphy $400,000, or they spent $400,000 on Patrick Murphy's campaign. So what I'm getting at is the DCCC... Claims they don't care one way or the other about what type of a Democrat they are, of their candidates are. They just want to support Democrats. I don't even know if that's completely true because they seem to bend over backwards for the more conservative Democrats, and they bend over in the other direction to not support progressives. They they totally go, are going out of their way all of the time, and they have been forever uh, to recruit conservatives, uh, Republican lights or dinos, as, as they're right. called, Democrats right. in name only. Uh, so that, so, uh, so that, that, that's the story of, of why the DCCC should never be supported. I mean, unless, unless you like conservative Democrats and you, and you think that that's the way to go. So, so Blue America started in 2005. With the, the, per, the, our, the purpose was to support not Democrats, but progressives. Now, there are no progressive Republicans, so, no. uh, so, the, so we only do support Democrats, but we don't support all Democrats. We only support progressive Democrats. And in, in, in a lot of instances, the DCCC doesn't support those people. So, for example, when we were, um, when we were fighting for Donna Edwards mm-hmm. uh, in 2006, the DCCC and the, the establishment Democrats were, were fighting for a horrible, ultra-conservative, corrupt Democrat who, uh, named Al Wynn. And Donna Edwards uh, beat him. He, he then cheated and brought in like this phony ballot box at the last second and squeaked by and won. And I was on the phone with Donna Edwards within minutes saying, you've got to run again. And, she, and, and she, she did. She turned around the next day, basically, and started planning her campaign. And then she, she beat the guy in 2008, beat him gigantically, as a matter of fact. And she's in Congress now and running for Senate. And she's been an incredibly good uh, congresswoman. So, um, you know, same thing with Alan Grayson. The, D, the DCCC didn't support him. The, the establishment didn't support him. 
And, in fact, they've done a lot to, to try to undermine him. They continue to try to undermine him. They are not interested in the fighting progressives, the, you know, these kind of aggressive progressives like Alan Grayson and like Donna Edwards, and there are so many others. And I'm, I hear all the time from progressives all over the country that they don't get support from the DCCC. And the DCCC, on the other hand, puts all their money into Blue Dogs, New Dems, uh, conservatives, dinos, that, that's who they get behind. And that has a lot to do with the horrible leadership of the DCCC. I mean, people remember Rahm Emanuel, and then after Rahm Emanuel came equally horrible Chris Van Hollen. <laughs> after Chris Van Hollen, we've had uh, Steve Israel. Now they have this guy, uh, Ben Ray Lujan, who, who really is just like a sort of a puppet, uh, a real sock puppet for uh, Israel, who's still running the show there, uh, Steve Israel. So, so the, you know, Steve Israel was, uh, uh, even though he's from Long Island, New York, not from Alabama, uh, Steve Israel was, uh, was joined the, uh, when he got into Congress, he joined the Blue Dogs. So the, uh, the Blue Dogs are a very, very conservative organization. They are, you know, I would say the right wing of Democratic Party. They are what you would call the Republican wing of the Democratic Party. Huh. And that's what Steve Israel is. So he's doing what he believes in. He is, he is recruiting and, and, and bolstering and helping right-wing Democrats like him. He thinks that's the way it should go. Well, what happens is that they, they, they get these right-wing Democrats into Congress, the right-wing Democrats start voting, and suddenly, two years or four years later, the, the Democrats say, what, what do we have this guy for? And then they refuse to vote for them, and then they lose. Right. They always lose. Yes, and they've been so doing, they the, repeating that same... Right. Repeating that same cycle over and over again. We've talked about it here in Florida. You know, we had it with, um, you know, Alex Sink, who was the candidate they the Democrats put up uh, for governor, lost to Rick Scott. So then they run her again a few years later for a congressional seat, which she had already proven to be a bad candidate um, and sort of the, the, the type of conservative Democrat that doesn't inspire progressives to come out and vote. So right. And they if, did it with Charlie Crist then the, 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 the last year. If they year. can't get in a, a bad Democrat like, uh, like Alex Sink, then they go and they find a Republican right. like Patrick Murphy right. or Charlie Crist and, and, and lots and lots of others. And then the, the, Repub the Republican changes their voter registration and says, I'm a Democrat, you know, <laughs> and then they run them as a Democrat. Then if they do get into Congress, then they revert to their Republican ways and vote for all this Republican legislation. And then eventually the voters catch on and stop voting for them. The Democratic voters stop voting for them and then they lose. Right. And so they Republican do this, vote. right? They did it with Charlie Crist. And, and then they don't understand. They're all surprised when the base doesn't come out and vote. And I've said it over and over again. You have to give us a progressive and we will be there uh, you know, with uh, how does this stand go with bells on? Give us another Repu D Democrat name only. We will stay home. And yet they do this again and again. So now let's look on the national scale, Howie Klein. And, and although Blue America has always, um, when you started out for, for the first uh, number of cycles anyway, you did, um, you only uh, endorsed in congressional races for House seats. Then you, you endorsed a few senatorial candidates, Bernie Sanders always, uh, and, and a couple of others. And actually this year, as you look towards the 2016 elections for the first time ever, I don't know, have you endorsed Bernie Sanders or you're just raising money for him? Well, my, my blog, Down with Tyranny, is uh, done. Right. Bernie Sanders. 
Blue America is raising money for, for Bernie Sanders so far, and, and we have to have a discussion because remember, you know, there, it's not just me. Right. There, there, are, there are three of us, and yes, you know, s- some of the uh, Blue America, uh, uh, some of the people who, who are involved with the decision making at Blue America are, are also fans of both Bernie and Hillary mm-hmm. and feel that maybe it's not the right thing to, to, to pick between them at this point because they like both of them. I hear you. So, so Down With Tyranny has, uh, has endorsed Bernie. Uh, Blue, and Blue America is raising money for Bernie, which is really you know, pretty much an endorsement. But mm. we, and, you know, we were the first organization uh, outside of his own uh, campaign to, in, to start raising money for Bernie. And we're still raising money for Bernie every single day. Right. And, and you, you mentioned Donna Edwards a few minutes ago as one of the original Blue America uh, congressional endorsed candidates. And now she is running for the Senate seat that will be vacated by Barbara Mikulski. Um, and, and Blue America is behind her. You're all in, for as uh, I am too. Donna Edwards is great. She'd be awesome in the yes. first African-American and, and female senator. Allen. Let right. me just say that Donna is running against someone who I just mentioned a few minutes ago uh, for the Democratic nomination, uh, Chris Van Hollen. Right. Now, Van Hollen isn't like a horrible person, but he, he was the head of the, the, uh, the DCCC. He was horrible. He lost, uh, he lost the control of the Congress while he was there. I mean, the Democrats were controlling the Congress. Chris Van Hollen came in and lost it. Uh, he's, and and he, did, he lost it because he supports people like himself. You know, moderate Democrats, conservative Democrats, Democrats that are eager to compromise with the Republicans and give away, uh, you know, benefits for uh, Social Security and Medicare. Those are the kind of Democrats he supported. So, yes, we lost. And, and the Republicans have been in control of the House of Representatives ever since. Wow. Thank you, Chris Van Hollen. Right. Now he wants to be a, a U.S. senator. I mean, he's not fit to be a U.S. senator, and especially when you have someone like Don Edwards uh, in Maryland r- r- running for that seat, and then Van Hollen thinks he can come in there and just take that seat just because he's got all this support from Wall Street, and, that, and he has huge amounts of money, way, way more money than Donna does. Fortunately, the early polling shows her quite a bit ahead of him, even though he's the one with all the money. Now, wow. you know, my fear is that he'll spend lots, of, lots and lots of money and, uh, you know, Wall Street creeps who support him will spend lots of money on their own, uh, smearing Donna, and, and he, may, he may squeak in. So, you know, we're trying to raise money for Donna as well. And I bet you were just going to bring up Alan Grayson, yep. another one of our That's... very, very early um, uh, people who we supported before he had in his very first race. And we've been behind him every time. Sometimes he loses, sometimes he wins. Uh, but he's probably, and in my, from my perspective, he's the best member of Congress, or certainly one of the, the top three or four or five members of Congress. And, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, amazing. but here's a, a, a situation where I've got a real problem with the Democratic Party. Alan Grayson running statewide in Florida against the guy we talked about a little while ago, Patrick Murphy, the former, uh, former Republican who changed over, became a Democrat to run against Alan West, moved further north to a more conservative district. Now he just served his second term in Congress. He's a whopping, what, 34 years old. And now he wants to run for the Senate because, you know, using daddy's money to buy a career uh, in politics. The problem is the Democratic Party, 
who should abstain from getting involved in primary races, not only got involved, but jumped in, endorsed Patrick Murphy before Alan Grayson even uh, jumped into the race and is doing everything they can to, um, I don't know, sabotage him? Is that too strong a word? No, no, no. It's definitely not too strong of a word. I mean, uh, you know, this is all being... um orchestrated by Chuck Schumer. And you think, like, Chuck Schumer, the, the, the senator from New York, what, what is he doing? What is he, why is he involved in the Florida uh, uh, Democratic primary? And that's because he wants um, Patrick Murphy. So why does he want Patrick Murphy? There's a, a really simple story to this. Wall Street announced, and very publicly, and it was in the New York Times, and it was in the Wall Street Journal, that they are going to cease supporting the Democratic Party. They will no longer give any money to the Democratic Party. So the big banksters who have, who have traditionally uh, given huge amounts of money to both parties was threatening to stop giving any money to the Democrats at all. That's a very big deal. And the reason they gave was because of um, Elizabeth Warren and because of Bernie Sanders. They said, these people are against our interests and we're not going to give any more money to the DSCC. And that's it. And then Schumer came in and literally said to them, I will take over the Democratic Party in the Senate, which he, which he has done, and I will recruit people who will balance Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders so you won't have that kind of problem. We'll, uh, we'll make them, uh, we'll isolate them and leave them uh, babbling their own stuff and they won't be able to pass anything. And this is what he did. And, this, and the first thing he did was go and recruit Patrick Murphy, who is a Wall Street favorite. I mean, Patrick Murphy, of all of the freshmen and, and sophomores, by far, he, they, Wall Street gives him the most money. Wall Street doesn't give, Wall Street overall gives lots and lots of money. Most of it goes to Republicans, but there are a few Democrats, and they're always the conservative Democrats and the, and the most corrupt Democrats, and they give them money. Patrick Murphy is one of them. He got the most money from Wall Street uh, for any young, you know, any Democrat who wasn't like a, uh, you know, in there forever, and uh, and and it, it, he was, I think, the either the second or third biggest recipient of funds from Wall, from Wall Street. And when I say funds from Wall Street, I'm being polite. I mean, they're bribes. I mean, he uses his position on the House um, Financial Services Committee to to run the Republican agenda. He's always with the Republicans in the committee, always going against everything to do with Dodd-Frank. I mean, they, they, the Wall Street banksters, the, their biggest priority is to, to gut uh, um, Dodd-Frank, and Patrick Murphy has been there for them 100% of the time. He is with them always, 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 especially in committee where it's harder for his constituents to know what he's up to. But that's what, that's what he is, and that is exactly why... Um, Schumer is is so frantic to sabotage Alan Grayson's campaign and make sure that Florida Democrats nominate uh, Patrick Murphy. And he's going he's gone so far as to plant lies and false stories about uh, Grayson. And you know they have uh, there are people who are on Schumer's and Patrick Murphy's. Um, payroll who are, who call themselves journalists and uh, and and these people are spreading the lies that um, that uh, that that Schumer comes up with and Schumer has been called I've been I've talked to these people I know this firsthand Schumer is calling major Democrats who who donate to Allen he went right through Allen's campaign list of, of contributors and calling them up and screaming at them and threatening them and telling them not to donate money oh to my Allen. God. 
When you say sabotage, you ask if that's too it's strong, too strong, a, strong word. a word. No, that's obviously. Right. Uh, it, 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 this is stunning, and people need to know this. And by the way, uh, you know, d- regardless of how uh, you, we may feel or anybody individual might feel about the Iran deal, Chuck Schumer uh, was was one of the few. First of all, he is uh, the heir apparent to Harry Reid to take over the leadership of the Senate Democrats. And he was the loudest voice trying to derail the president's uh you know, the treaty, the, the deal with Iran. Um, and so I don't understand with all of this going on how there's not a, an official challenge to his, um, you know, taking over Harry Reid's position. Maybe that'll come um, because he's he's constantly on the wrong side of righteousness, if I can use that word. And Howie Klein, I, th- I got to ask about this because I think it's related. Again, my issue is with a party that's inserting itself into the primary process rather than letting the voters decide who we want as our candidates. So this, um, from the New York Times, um, August 27th, just a few days ago, and the headline reads, Hillary Clinton reaches deal with Democratic Party on fundraising. And it, it reads, Hillary Rodham Clinton and the Democratic National Committee have finalized a joint fundraising agreement after months of negotiations opening the door for the party to gain a significant head start on Republicans at roping in big checks from Democratic donors. The agreement will allow Mrs. Clinton to participate in events that raise money simultaneously for her campaign and for the DNC, allowing the party to capitalize on her celebrity and popularity with donors to fill the rooms at party events. How is that acceptable while there's still a a primary going on for the party's nomination? Right. Well, look who you're talking about there. Yeah, I mean, you Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Exactly, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Every bit as corrupt as as an any Democrat could ever be. I mean, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who opposed uh, Obama's um, uh, reach, uh, when Obama reached out to Cuba, she was she was the first one to oppose. When Obama uh, tried to try to when, when the the DNC members the, the tried to pass a resolution agreeing with with the Iran uh, deal and and commemorate uh, congratulating President Obama on that deal, she she uh, she made sure that it would not get even get a vote. I mean, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is is the face in Congress of the sugar industry. She is the face Pri- in Congress private prison of- industry. Private prison industry, exactly. I mean, she is, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, when she was a state senator in Florida, worked with the Republicans. They took a 50-50 state. I mean, Florida is a purple state. They are, they are you know, it's literally a 50-50 state. So the, the Democrats should have half the congressional seats, and the Republicans can, should have half the congressional right. seats. That's the way it should go. But the, the, the state... Uh, the state legislature draws those districts. She she made a deal with them when she was still a state senator to draw her own district that she would run in as, to be a, a congresswoman. Mm-hmm. And that just literally would, would leave out some buildings, buildings I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about like counties or something. I'm talking about buildings. Yeah. Her district was meant to rope in every Jewish Voter within within just a few miles of where she where, where she, her home was, so she would have a completely safe seat because her theory was is that old elderly Jewish people would vote for her. So so she and 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 
the payback to the Republicans was that they would get like three extra congressional seats. So the Democrats would have three less seats, the Republicans would have three extra seats, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz would have a safe seat for, for life. That, that was her deal with them. She's, so I'm saying she hasn't just been horrible lately. She's been horrible always. She is horrible. She just is horrible. Uh, when she was a big, a big muckety-muck at the DCCC, whose charge was to change, she was called a red to blue program, they don't have it anymore, but she was head of it, and her job was to elect Democrats in Republican seats. So where there were Republicans, she was supposed to help Democrats. Mm-hmm. She, the first thing she did was endorse three Republicans. Yeah. Uh, the South Florida the, contingent the, the was the Diaz-Balart <laughs> brothers and Ileana ross Layton Against three Democrats who yep. were running, including people who were, you know, had a really good chance, like Annette Tadeo yep. and, and someone who eventually won, Joe Garcia. Yep. Yeah, who, who again, Joe Garcia, who is somebody I knew, you know, friendly acquaintance, and when I called him on his blue dog, new dem ways, once he got in office, he gave me some BS line about, oh, well, it's better to, you know, the, the best way to beat him is to join him, and, it, you know, nonsense. So he lost his reelection bid, and now he's done. Um, Annette Tadeo well, is... I'm hearing that he is going to uh, run again, it, oh, no. it, ironically... Um, the guy who beat him, this guy Carlos Corbello, yeah. uh, is being challenged by Annette today. I mentioned, yes, and uh, and everyone thinks, well, she's the candidate. Well, the thing is, is that Garcia is is plotting to jump into that race now. Oh God. Um, yeah. You know, and look, and I know them both. I'd support Annette Tadeo over Joe Garcia <clears throat> any day of the week because he showed that he'll compromise his principles um, because he thinks that's what's politically expedient. And political expediency of that sort is what got us in this mess in the first place. You know, and not only is Hillary Clinton, you know, playing gay and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who was her choice all along, you know, playing these games of raising funds and, you know, just coronating her as the nominee. Just, oh, we'll have those six pesky debates. But, you know, my person is going to win. They also, you know, the other big sort of bombshell that we heard was Hillary Clinton basically bragging, oh, I've got all the superdelegates locked up already anyway. Really? This is the kind of stuff that has so-called Democrats like me uh, so angry that it's it's not going to be business as usual. That's the kind of politics we reject. Exactly. I mean, you... The, the, this whole concept of superdelegates is so undemocratic. It's anti-democratic, yes. and even the Republicans don't have it. Right. That's, that's just a way of the Democratic establishment giving themselves more power. Totally horrible. Yep, I find it just incredible. You know, they say history repeats itself. It does. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Uh, stupid people rise in the ranks of the Democratic National Committee, I guess. So the moral of the story here, Howie Klein, is let Blue America do the vetting. You, you have a very stringent vetting process where you talk to potential candidates. Um, you do have certain litmus tests, although not everything is cut and dry. You get a feel for the candidate. And when you're um, confident that they've met the, the, the highest criteria and they are real progressives, then and only then does Blue America endorse and then help raise money for them, right? Exactly right. 
The other thing is, unlike other PACs, and I want to talk about uh, briefly what separates Blue America from other PACs that you hear about. Um, I'd say a big one is the fact that you, John Amato and Digby, none of you take a salary. You don't pull any, you don't take any money out of the donations for your own commissions or salaries or uh, payroll or any other purposes other than to support these candidates, right? Exactly right. And this is, this is unusual because most PACs yeah. do. It's, they're money-making entities. That's right. Almost all of them. I mean, I mean, the extreme example would be Emily's List, which exists to to uh, for only one reason. It didn't at first. I mean, Emily's List was a great organization many many years ago, but for the last uh, decade or so, or two or three or two, I should say, they they their 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 reason for existence has more to do um, with feathering their own nests and building their own empire and making themselves and their families rich. That's what they do. And if they can elect some conservative woman to Congress, they're happy. Yeah, right. And it, it's, it's one hand, uh, you know, washes the other kind of thing. This is not business as usual. Um, best way to find Blue America, there's a, a Blue America House page, there's a Senate race, there's a, a congressional page. If you Google Blue America 2016, You'll come up, you'll see it, it, you, what it brings you to is an act blue page because you do, it, it's all about raising money for these candidates, for these campaigns. It's not about fancy websites and, you know, great graphics. It's about getting the money where it's needed to, to support these progressive candidates. So uh, if you have money to give in this election cycle, don't go to the Democratic Party. Don't go to these other PACs. Go through Blue America or go directly to the candidates. But you do that as well, where on a, the Iraq Blue page, you'll have like a, a, a general Blue America account, and then you'll have accounts set up for each of the candidates. So that money goes directly to support those candidates. Yes? Yes. It does. It's not like the money comes to us and then we give it to the candidates. The money goes right to the candidates. Oh, wow. It, it, Filtered through Blue America. Just they get the check. We don't. Howie Klein. Find his blog at downwithtyranny.com. Follow Howie on Twitter at downwithtyranny. And of course, the Blue America Pack. It's Howie Klein. It's uh, John Amato of Crooks and Liars, and it's the always amazing Digby of Digby's Hullabaloo. You guys just do such great work, and I'm always thrilled to help spread the word because uh, yes, we're in this together. The Blue America Pack vetting progressive candidates so you don't have to. I'm Nicole Sandler in for Brad Friedman on the broadcast today. We'll take one more break and come back on the other side and talk about media with a fellow podcaster who goes by the name of Drift Glass and is one half of the Professional Left podcast. That's next. <laughs> Look for the union label When you are buying a coat, dress, or blouse Remember somewhere our union sewing Our wages go in to feed the kids And run the house we work hard But who's complaining? When still the ILG we're paying our The 
last episode of the broadcast before Labor Day go by without paying homage to our union forebears. I'm Nicole Sandler of RadioOrNot.com, in for Brad Friedman for the broadcast today. And now we're going to talk media with one of the original progressive bloggers who now hosts the Professional Left podcast along with his wife, Blue Gal. He goes by the name of Drift Glass. Go, go, go! Standing the mad platters here on RadioNot.com as we take a walk through the Golden Groove Yard, kicking off a silver dollar twin spin with the Drift Glass. When this soul stops getting me no, no, down. No, that's the Drifters. Mm. This is Drift Glass. Oh, sorry. Here's Drift Glass <laughs> with Nicole Sandler. Hi, Drift Glass. Hello. How you doing, darling? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing fine. I, I, I am reminded of my favorite uh, social philosopher, Groucho Marx, yes? um, who said, those are my principles. And if you don't like them, <laughs> well, I have others. There you go. You know, that, that these clearly stated rules about how we are going to conduct this cartoonishly idiotic uh, sifting process to find the craziest people we can run for president are clearly established, firmly in place, there's no discussion about it, except, you know, maybe we're going to change our mind. You know, what it'd be good for us, especially since we're under such a microscope because, you know, we're a bunch of bigots and xenophobes. Let's have the only woman who's running to, on the stage with the big boys, too. We can do that. No one will notice. We'll just do yeah. it. You know, Listen I'm just wondering, when does, you know, the, the Santorum or the Rick Perry hmm. or the... Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember who else is at the kids' table. When did their uh, campaigns sue uh, to say, hey, wait a minute, uh, if you're just rewriting the rules in midstream with no apparent criteria, uh, how about some rules in favor of us for a change? Oh, it's, it's um, first of all, it's it really does scream, yeah, we'll let the chick in. Yeah, why yeah. not? You know, let the, let the, the little bride. lady, come on. Yeah, let, let her, you know, you just pat her on the head. Sure, you can play. I mean, it's it's insulting in that. But if you've, first of all, all campaigns are run by petulant children. Yes. The Republican Party is, is the sort of top 1% of all petulance, shouty cracker crazy children in that group. And if you've ever had kids or taken care of kids, <laughs> and you have set down a clear guideline about bedtimes or homework or anything. Anything. And then you say, you know what? I'm going to let Johnny get away with it. You know what happens next? <laughs> Susie, but that's not fair. And that's all you're going to hear for the next yes. month. And they will remember it until their dying day. Remember that time you let Johnny get away with something I didn't get away with? And that's exactly what they've set themselves up to do. That's because, as better people than me have pointed out, there is no Republican Party anymore. There just isn't. There is a, a series of interlocking special interest groups and corporate employees and media interests that are all in this slurry that call themselves a political party, but there is no political party anymore. Mm -hmm. There's just this clown show that runs 24-7 and the media that chases whatever the next shiny object is going to be. And Donald Trump is extro has, a, has a car full of shiny objects. And he every couple of hours, he just tosses another one out. And they go nuts for it. Right. And but but let me ask you this, though, because I think the biggest shocker of the week was 
uh, the I get, and I think it's only in one poll so far, but the uh, a poll nonetheless that shows uh, uh, Dr. Ben Carson yeah. and Donald Trump in a virtual dead heat in in Iowa. So maybe those nice, polite Iowans had yeah. enough of the bombastic Trump, and they go for the very meek, seemingly inoffensive uh, Ben Carson. But by the way, you know what they the old saying: you really got to watch out for those quiet ones because yeah. Ben Carson is uh, frightening. Here, let me tell you a a fun story, but let me reintroduce Drift Glass. Blogs, he's one of the original great progressive bloggers at driftglass.blogspot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Electrico. That would be Mr. Underscore Electrico. And he co-hosts the Professional Left podcast with his lovely wife, Blue Gal Fran. And I understand uh, congratulations are in order this week. Yes, um, we just hit... Three million listens. Oh my God! And this week is going to be our three hundredth episode. So you're so. getting you're getting like a, a, my my math sucks. Um, three millionth. So like a like what a hundred thousand uh, downloads per episode? No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no, this is over the course of many, many. This right. is over the course of many years. But uh, and a million of those Something are, like are my mom. So oh, okay. There you go. All right. Um, but we're we're it is a. As you as you know, because you do this. I mean, you do this I every do. day. Yeah. This this is an organic process. You start off with a few people and a few more and a few more, and and we have been. Uh, our rule is really simple. We'll we'll keep doing it until it stops being fun. Yeah. And uh, we will be consistent. Every Friday between three and five, a new episode will drop. You can always count on it. We have done it through surgeries we've done it through wedding you know we we, we wow. podcast on, the, on, the, on our wedding day um we did it when our home was flooded oh and we do it during good times too but we are absolutely committed right because you know like you we don't have any institutional support we there's no this is not a branch you're 100 percent listener supported too yep absolutely mm-hmm. uh, just anyone who's listening right now but it's um it's important to know that it's doable. The barrier to entry, the, the technical barrier to entry to doing this is not very high, but the uh, ability to consistently deliver it, consist, you know, stay up with the news, keep current on what's interesting, keep your focus. And we focus on theology a lot. I talk about science fiction. We talk about cultural issues. And we talk about what's happening in the news today and what we wrote about and thought about every week. And, and it keeps us, you know, I'm a writer by trade usually. Uh, that's what I tell people at parties anyway. And uh, you have to write every day. You really, really have to practice every day. So mm-hmm. just staying tuned, staying in tune and in tune with the times can be exhausting at times. Uh, but it can also be it, – it, it lets us talk intelligently about the things and give the vocabulary. That's what we always tell our listeners. We're not going to change the world necessarily, but we want to give you the vocabulary to understand what's happening to you. Right. To, to comprehend right. the world around you. Because if it's completely incomprehensible, if you can't make any sense of it at all, you shut down. But if you can give people a way to understand some grappling hooks, to, to pull the issues apart and look at what's really going on, and then take thoughtful action in mm-hmm. the direction of changing the world in which you want it to change, then, hey, I've done my job. No, right. Now, now, do, you guys, when you first started podcasting, um, it, it wasn't called the Professional Left Podcast, right? You picked that up from, yeah. uh, was it Jay Carney? Who, who, who came up with the term Professional Left? Uh, it was the... Um, uh, Gibb. Oh, Robert uh, Gibbs. Yeah, who, yeah, who that's right. Talked about the profession because uh, literally, uh, we were my my wife and I weren't married yet. We were 
we were seeing each other. We were we had been introduced and knew uh-huh. each other through. We admired each other's writing and thinking, and we oh, this is a nice lady. I I can I can hang with you. Um, and we were hanging around trying to figure out a title for this thing that we had put up, you know, five or six or eight or ten episodes uh-huh. of. And guess who? And he, and, and Robert Gibbs. And there his you mouth. go. Oh, uh-huh. thank you so much. That's so perfect. So we uh, stole it from him, and it's become ours. And I believe now, if you Google professional left, we are now atop, atop the Google and not the uh, former uh, spokesperson. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and yeah. We, it- we enjoy it, and it's it keeps us lively, and it's... It's like making craft beer. Um, whatever yeast is in the air, <laughs> you know, whatever's happening with the kids uh, yep, when our it all when our comes uh, in. when our health insurance gets screwed up and mm-hmm. we're suddenly freaking out because we're we're short. That's an issue for us at that moment in that at that exact time. But it's also representative of millions of other people who are also hanging on by their nails, and one little thing can wreck the entire family yep so we we, we're not shy about integrating what's happening in our lives and you know what you can't be and that's and and it doesn't matter if it's over the air radio or or podcasting you know um, traversing the new uh, frontiers in terms of media um it's the same things that connect with people i my my life has always been an open book on radio and you know i come from a radio background i mean I, i worked in news talk radio out of college but i spent the bulk of my 35 some odd years in radio and music radio and it was only in the last decade when I moved back to Florida um, that I got back into news talk things I think sometimes happen for a reason but the one constant is you know when you're real um, people get it you know um, doing a radio show seems a lot looks a lot easier than it actually is the most (laughs) difficult thing and i guess and it applies to politicians too is authenticity the microphone can smell a lie a million miles away the camera can too but i think the microphone is even a more of a, a bs detector because when you're not authentic god it just stinks to the high heavens look i'm i've i've this is real life and so and the way i approach this show is as you know, a single mom now in a nice long-term relationship. But you know, I adopted my daughter as a single mother. I've, I, I've struggled. Uh, uh, honestly, the the worst thing ever for my career was adopting my daughter because my income trajectory went straight down the minute I I brought her home from Kazakhstan. But you know, and I also you know I struggle with depression, and so there are mornings I come on, I flip on the 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 camera and the microphone. And I've lost it because this is real life. And I think people appreciate it. They know that the, the same struggles I'm having are the struggles they're having. And the other way where, you know, when we're in it together, um, misery loves company, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it, it's also, it's, it's, an, it's such an, authenticity is a dangerous thing. Yeah. To a certain degree. Uh, it's an intimate voice in your ear. Uh, it's, it's, it's hands free. You don't have to watch if you don't want to. You can listen. It's it's very um, personal. It's it's the oldest spoken medium, broadcast medium. We've been doing this for a century now, so we, we sort of have this technology down. But you know, it's it's Hitler was very authentic, and he knew how to reach people through the radio. Donald Trump is very authentic. Uh, he knows how to talk to people. Uh, Rush Limbaugh wouldn't have been on the air for the last twenty five years, uh, over twenty five years, quarter of a century, had he not if he didn't project to the people who were listening to him. And I really believe you and I and, and the people who, who are like us are in a 
an existential struggle with people like Trump and Limbaugh and the rest of them. We really are fighting for the soul of this country. Yeah. And the, the tools that are available to them are also available to us. They have an enormous amount of money and they have a, a vast machinery of politics backing them up because there's a, a large group of very, very crazy, angry, right-wing oligarchs who want this country to be a feudal state, period, for right. lots of reasons. Right. And they have, you know, the, the deck is all stacked in their direction. And the analogy I used with my, my wife last night when we were talking about our podcast is liberals are like the batteries in the Apollo 13. You know, there's not a lot of current left in there, but there might be just enough to save the ship. But we have to be really careful about, really thoughtful about how we apply our energies, where we focus our attention, what we get exercised about, and where we uh, sustain our efforts over time. Uh, we're a little, my liberals, and I, I do it too, my liberal brothers and sisters can be a little too scattered um, sometimes, whereas if you listen to, uh, for example, I, I know I mentioned this before, Rick Perlstein's book yes. on Ronald Reagan. Yep. Um, the, the things that conservatives were doing in the 70s, Phyllis Schlafly in the ERA, you know, the war on women, the contempt for American history and textbooks, the idea that um, um, uh, American history should only be celebratory, the idea that basic diplomatic skills and tools are somehow controversial. Mm. The the uh, the founding of all of these, uh, CPAC was founded in the 70s, American Enterprise Institute was founded then, on and on. They've been doing this for 40 years. They're extremely persistent. And they are highly focused on their one stinking goal, which is wrecking this country and taking it over. And I think it's incumbent on us, speaking generally as liberals, to be as focused, as clear, and have a long-term vision of where we want this to be because fighting one battle after another isn't enough. You have to have a battle strategy to win the whole war. And that's what I think we do in our little way on the professional left, you do in your way, and, and a bunch of other sort of, you know, the resistance is out there. Yeah, the ragtag gang that I, I yeah. would like to put together. And, you know, I run the broadcast with uh, Brad Friedman's broadcast um, on this uh, stage. Now, he's now doing a five-day-a-week thing. But I yeah. really think we need to we need to build our own progressive media infrastructure on the left because frankly none of the big media companies are going to do it it's up well, to us to 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 do it our, on our have, own we have one thing going for us among above above and beyond everything else and that's we're we're right most of the time yes well there's that <laughs> there's, this is the thing that really delights and and infuriates me and and makes it i have to step back and laugh if you go back two years, five years, ten years, pre-blogging. I found some old comments I used to leave at blogs before wow. I was a blogger. Uh, or go back to, to the way we were talking in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Pretty much, we got everything right. Mm -hmm. we, we have been on the right side of, please don't deregulate the banks. Please don't beat up on poor people. Please don't demonize and, and witch hunt a president who was elected just because he has a D after his name. Mm -hmm. um, please don't invade that country because you're, you're, you're lying us into the wrong war and you're going to botch it because you, don't, you have no understanding of how the, that part of the world works. On and on and on. There's a long and storied history of being right about almost everything on the left. Which is why we're not allowed anywhere near the microphones or the cameras <laughs> in power. Right. And, and that, that, that tension, the, 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 the degree, the um, frequency with which 
reality just slaps conservatives in the face has become so daily, so consistent, that it's starting to break down. There's the, the What's happening below the surface is bubbling up. And I know I mentioned this to you offline. Uh, one of the most adorable things um, that came out of the uh, Hillary email leak yes. was an uh, email from her, you know, close personal friend Sidney Blumenthal. Yeah, her, her friend and advisor Sidney Blumenthal and by the way, her relationship with with Sidney Blumenthal was apparently a bone of contention with the Obama administration. She wanted to bring him on if I remember correctly as an advisor uh, to her at state and they said no. Mm-hmm. So okay. they found him a job where else? <laughs> at the Clinton at the Clinton initiative. Found it. Clinton oh, Global. there you go. Clinton Global Initiative. Yeah, because, you know, I, I lived politics in Chicago for a long time, and there's always a way to find a job for your friends. There is always an opening somewhere in the post office to put somebody that you have a you have friendship with. So they found a way to get him paid. But in 2010, now I, I just cast your mind back to 2010. Um, this is uh, shortly, at, shortly after, this is halfway through the Obama administration. First, the first year, um, suddenly all the people who voted for George Bush have disappeared. They have, as I've said uh, many times before, they they burned their uniforms and pretended they were never there. <laughs> right. You know, I was in Sweden the whole time. I don't I, know what I didn't vote about. for Bush. Yeah, Bush who? I never voted. And suddenly they they all got rid of their yard signs, found a bunch of tricorn hats, and 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 decided that this evil black man was stealing their country, and they needed to take their country back. So you had the sudden the sudden rise of independence quote-unquote, conservative independence, mm-hmm. constitutional conservative independence, Tea Party, blah, 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 however they're rebranding themselves, it's the base of the Republican Party. That's the thing. That's the important takeaway. The Tea Party was never anything but the base of the Republican Party trying desperately to evade responsibility for the last eight years or arguably the last 16 or 32 or 40 years. Right. They don't want to take responsibility for their votes. They don't want to take responsibility for the crap they said last week. So they put on these funny hats and they became the Tea Party. There is no Tea Party. Right. So we knew that. Right. But if you go back to 2010, you will find very little in the way of anybody saying anything about how the Tea Party's nothing but the base. I mean, this. yeah, they put on a new war paint, but so what? Right. But, f- but here's what they did. And and uh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And uh, although they told you it was all grassroots, uh, it was grassroots with, you know, Americans for Prosperity money, Freedom yeah. Works money, you know, big and dollars. All, all coverage on Fox News. Tons of coverage for every rally, every event, every nothingness, every gathering uh, coverage on Fox, right? But, you know, oh, it was grassroots. Yeah. Um, but But what they did do that... You know, and I don't buy that the, you know, Occupy Wall Street was the left's version of the Tea Party, but it was the closest approximation we had of a, of a movement starting on the left. The Tea Party got the, the old uh, Tim Carpenter rule that you need an inside-outside strategy. Their exactly. protests were empty. You know, boy, there was often more media, more CNN personnel covering one of these so-called rallies than there were actual people there uh, to, to participate. But they understood that you need to have people inside Congress doing your bidding. Exactly. Occupy Wall Street wanted nothing to do with electoral politics. And I don't know if Black Lives Matter is going down the same road, um, but they seem to be. 
but yes. because just this week, I don't know if you saw it, uh, the DN, the Democratic National Committee, after their m- summer meetings in Minneapolis, um, uh, issued a statement of basically support, uh, right? And uh-huh. and Black Lives Matter response was, no, we don't want it. Yeah, like really. No. I, and this is and this is how this is how Gingrich did it. You know, the, he had he had crackpot right wing billionaires um, pumping up scandal on the outside. And then he, on the inside, was saying, well, we need to investigate this stuff. You know, look, look at all these scandals I'm reading about in the newspapers that my friends all own. We should really have hearings on these things. And it was that, that inside-outside game. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in 2010, 2009, 2010, nobody was saying these things. Nobody but a bunch of disreputable, outside pariah liberals were saying, wait a minute, this is not a new political movement. This is the same old jackals in brand new clothes. Except, of course... In secret, um, Sidney Blumenthal was writing to his friend Hillary Clinton saying the Republican Party, I'm quoting now, today is a captive party. It's captive to the swamp fevers of the extreme right. He goes on to talk about their desperation, their being out of power, their nuts, they've taken over. They were Sidney Blumenthal was writing like a liberal blogger. It was like he was reading the liberal blogs and transmuting them into secret memos that he sent to Hillary Clinton. So they knew. They knew. People at the top of our government, certainly within the news media, knew because it was so clear and self-evident that this was not a new movement. This was just a desperate attempt by the right to evade responsibility for their screw-ups. And because the media had been so complicit in those screw-ups, they sort of threw up their hands and said, hey, let's, let's not talk about the past. Let's not talk about how we were in the tank for the Bush administration, because that makes us look bad. Let's just talk about this new political movement and how really both sides are to blame for most of our problems. Oh, there's that both sides do it, yep. false equivalency thing. Yep. Oh, they're but they so know good. Better. That's the thing. We have been right. They have been wrong. And that's our greatest strength. Now we have to find a way to exploit that. And that will come in our next show when we talk about strategies and methods. Yes, and and trying to get the actual mainstream corporate-owned media to yep. uh, to stop dismissing Bernie Sanders. And stop. Well, ha- how about this? Let's get him to stop dismissing Bernie Sanders and stop inviting Vice President Dick Cheney oh, and his God. horrible daughter oh, onto your liberal oh, TV show well, to talk about their book and how we won in Iraq. Well, y- your that? first mistake is calling anything on MSNBC or anywhere else on the TV a liberal TV show because those don't exist anymore. Okay. But, yeah, it's all dick all the time and not in a good way. No. Um, <laughs> Drift Glass, uh, again, find uh, Drift Glass and Blue Gal Fran uh, for the 300th episode of the Professional Left podcast. Professional Left dot blogspot.com we'll talk in a couple of weeks you sure will my Uh, pleasure thank you so much and that does it for another edition of the Bradcast Brad and Desi will be back on Tuesday and I'll be back well at radioornot.com Tuesday morning as well I'm Nicole Sandler thank you for listening thanks to Brad and Desi for having me have a very happy and safe Labor Day and we'll see you next time on the Bradcast (laughs) 